tomorrow's terror, how our futures can be stolen. And I am around long enough to know that there are many new years where we see people begin the year in the best way possible, but they end it far away from God. I was reaching out to some of them yesterday. I'll see if they respond, but your future can be stolen and so can mine. Do we get that? If we get it, can you say amen? Which means I get it. Amen. amen. And we don't like to say it, but it can. Uh, and it's stolen by a terrorist since I was a young child here in Ireland. I grew up and I heard about the terrorists in Northern Ireland. Belfast, Derry, both sides, shooting people, killing people, blowing up and destroying communities. As a teenager, I heard about communist terrorists like the Bad Hermineff gang and Black September and all this kind of stuff. And they were blowing up and killing people. And at the moment, for the last 20 or 30 years, we've got Islamic terrorists who are killing people. And we've all other types of terrorists. But I want to say to you, there are spiritual terrorists. And today, we're going to go into the new year wiser and better fortified so that the enemy doesn't steal your future. Amen? Are you up for a little bit of learning? Praise God. So, tomorrow's terror, and my strapline is, we can be a victim or we can be a visionary. And we can be a victim of an old temptation, an old flame, an old addiction, a tendency to depression, a tendency to love money beyond what it should. I, I could go on and on. There's all kinds of things that you and I can, can become a victim for. But by the grace of God, not one man, not one woman will leave this place and in the new year become a victim. Amen. I pray that everyone here would become a visionary. Yes? yes? In fact, would you stand and let's pray that very prayer. Let's just stand for 10 seconds. In the name of Jesus. I pray there wouldn't be one victim in this church this new year coming. And I pray everyone here would have the vision to see through whatever challenges are thrown against them. And that they would be even stronger by this time next year. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. It is exactly four years ago, almost to the hour, that I stood up here and I was preaching that many of us were here and we were praising God. It was as we were leaving 2019 and coming into 2020. And this is the truth. So many of us had a foreboding sense. But we didn't know what was going to happen. Kind of heard a weird news report about people getting sick in China. But, you know, that's out there. And then... Ten weeks later, Leo Varadkar, on the 12th of March 2020, for the first time ever, announced a total lockdown in the Republic of Ireland. And then it began. And for a year, spread over just under two years, for a full year, we were forbidden to do this. And the little bit of time for a couple of months in between when we could meet together, we could only allow 50 people in here. We couldn't embrace one another. We were all wearing masks. It was really difficult. I can remember 
I think it was the 14th of March, we made a video up in the atrium. And when we made it, I said in the video that we put up on social media to all the church, this too will pass. Amen. And I believed it with all my heart. And it has passed. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You're still here. You didn't die. Amen. However, it got really hard. And I can remember getting harder and harder. And honestly, I can remember in February, the statistics were terrible. So many people were sick. So many people were dying. And I remember despairing emotionally one morning. And I remember saying to the Lord, will we ever get through this? Will we ever have church? the way we're meant to be? Will we ever be able to embrace our friends? Can I kiss my grandchildren? When is this going to end? And it almost broke us. It almost broke us emotionally, see? But God wouldn't allow that to happen. And I can remember a couple of days after going through that, I went walking. It's an old walk near where I live, St. Declan's Way, an old Celtic prayer path. Celtic Christians used to it. And as I was walking, I met with God on my own in the wild. And I knew that I knew because God did something in my heart. And I said to the Lord, forgive me, God, because you will bring me through and you will bring us through. And yeah, it was a bit of a challenge for a while, but we came through it. Hallelujah. We came through it. Hallelujah. You came through it. The most challenging thing that ever happened from a society point of view. And you are here today. Who will say thank you, Jesus? So brothers and sisters, taking that, let's look at a couple of visionaries. Peter, Paul and Joseph. Here are three short examples of guys, but there's women as well in the scripture, who faced with obstacles, didn't go under, they saw through. They had a vision to see through. There was a huge religious or spiritual event happening. The Christian church was being born. And the big debate was, is it just for Jews or is God going to do something greater? And Peter, the great apostle, was praying up on the roof of the house in Caesarea and God gave him a vision and God showed him, we're told. God, Peter heard God's voice and this was a vision saying, what I've called clean, do not call unclean. And so he went to the house of Cornelius the Roman. Now what's that about? You see, the Jews were forbidden to eat certain <coughs> foods. They were forbidden to go into people's houses unless they were very religious Jews. And God said, enough. That's now fulfilled. And when Peter, who had the faith, who had the vision to go into the house of a non-Jew, that was, brothers and sisters, revolution. It was revolution. Some revolutions are bad, but some revolutions, if God is in it, are the best thing that can happen. And you wouldn't be here today, and I wouldn't be here today, if Peter hadn't the vision to say, I'm going to break these man-made rules and I'm going to go into that house. Now today we go, big deal. It was a big deal. He was shunned. They were rejected by so many people. But he didn't allow the rejection of man to stop him from pleasing God. May that be your 
testimony for 2024. Amen? Amen. Here's Paul. He had a dream, a man about God's business. And he had a dream of a Macedonian man saying, please come and help us spiritually. And he, uh, Luke records that they sailed a long journey from Troas to Philippi. So Paul was going to do something for the Lord, but God said, no. Maybe he's saying that to some of us here. We are dead set on doing something. And God says, you know what? That's good, but there's something far better. And the far better was for Paul to go to this area of Macedonia. And you know what? It upset his plans. Why? Because he wasn't in control. Are you okay not being in control? I don't mean that you're going off getting high or drunk or whatever. I just mean that you realize he's in control. Amen. So I can relax once I follow him because he's got my future. Amen. He's your future. He's got your future. And so Paul went on the long journey and allowed the plans to get all messed up. Why? Because he was selfless. If English isn't your first language, this word means the opposite to selfish. And that's who God wants us to be, selfless. So he went on the long journey because he had the vision to do it. Finally, third visionary. In the Old Testament, Joseph. Remember his father made him a beautiful long coat, which was a symbol of authority spiritually. And he was only 17. But when Joseph shared the dreams that God gave him with his family, his father rebuked him. His brothers grew jealous and hated him. Genesis 37, if you're listening on podcast. What's that? He was rejected by his family. Now he had a difficult family. Some of us may have come from difficult families. Not as difficult as this fella. His father had four wives. Not God's will. Never a good idea. The problem is, there were 12 boys. There was only one girl. Sisters, can you imagine me and that girl? 12 brothers. Hello? And you're the only girl. <laughs> 12 boys. The problem is, they all came from four different mothers. So you have 12 hairy, testosterone-filled young fellas. And you've got this inbuilt fault line within the family where there's a jealousy, a competition going on between the sons of the different mothers. And what's worse is they're all working in the family business together. So it was a bit of a disaster. The thing is, Joseph was rejected. You know the story, sold into slavery. But he ended up in Egypt, becoming in effect the ruler of Egypt. And he had the vision through the dark days. Even when he was wrongfully imprisoned, he had the vision to know God's got my future. Amen. If you're in some type of a prison today, God's got your future. Amen. He has. Trust him. Believe in him. I like what probably one of the most famous Christian writers at the moment, Pastor Rick Warren, author, broadcaster, he said, anytime you get serious about living your life the way God wants, there will be people to oppose it. And you and I have got to go, that's okay. Yeah? Can you genuinely say that? That's okay. Someone is going to oppose me because I'm putting God first. That's okay. I'm pleasing him. And you've got the support of a thousand people in this community, as well as many other believers all around. You're not alone. But it's okay if someone opposes you. You know what? If no one is opposing you, something's 
How's life as a Christian in Ireland? It's so easy, it's wonderful. No, it's not. All my workmates came to my baptism. No, they didn't. Everyone says, please pray for me in wonderful prayer language of tongues. It's so powerful. No, they don't. People oppose the things of God. But that's okay, because we put him first. Hallelujah. Here are the terrorists. Time is against me. But I'm going to give you a couple of the terrorists who will try and steal your future in a couple of hours. Eleven and a half hours, to be precise. There's a whole new year starting for you and your loved ones and for me and my loved ones. Let's make sure neither you or I have our future stolen by these terrorists and that we have the vision for the new year. Hallelujah. Here's a big terrorist. And he's walking up and down the room even here today. Fear is his name. Mm -hmm. I love Matthew 25. Remember the parable he gave out five talents, two talents, one talent. The guy who got the five and the guy who got the two went out and had a bit of courage and used it and they doubled, if you will, their money. But the man who got one talent said, I was afraid, master, so I hid the talent in the ground. Here, you can have it back. But his master was angry with him. In fact, it goes on and it talks about weeping and gnashing of teeth, which is allegory and symbolism of hell. Here's what the Bible says. Anything that is not of faith is sin. Without faith, it is impossible to please who? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So can I say to you, don't let fear steal your future. Don't hide your talent in the ground. Let God use it. Does that mean it's a bit, you're kind of putting yourself out there? Yeah, but that's life. And unless you invest, you'll never get any return. Invest what God has given you. Don't let fear steal your future. Here's another one, doubt. Doubt. I believe this is prophetic this morning, here and now. Peter, we're told, walked on the water. But when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to doubt, and then he became afraid, and then he started to sink. Matthew 14. Today, some of us are here, and we're sinking. If you read the story of Matthew 14, he saw Jesus walking on the water, and full of faith, Peter said, Lord, can I walk too? And Jesus basically said, yeah. And he got out of the boat and he walked on the water. And some of you have walked on water symbolically, but he took his eyes off Jesus. He stopped looking at Jesus and he started looking at the waves and the wind. And what happened? He began to sink. Some of us here are sinking today. And God is saying, I'm not going to let you sink. I won't let you sink. It's very simple. Put your eyes back on Jesus and you'll walk on water again. Hallelujah. Who is brave enough to say, I feel like I'm sinking, but I'm putting my eyes back to Jesus. Who's brave enough to lift up their hand to that? I know there's someone here. Okay, I can see hands. I'm going to ask you who put up your hands. This is only a symbol, but you're doing it in front of a whole load of people if you're up for it. And you know, by doing it here, you make it real. Could you stand up, those of you who want to do this, just stand up, those of you who put up your hand. 
You walk down water, but you feel like you're sinking. Do you know what I'm going to ask you to do? Megan, you're up here. Would you just start walking down here and down the back and back to your seat? Look at them. Let's give them a round of applause. They are walking. They're walking physically, and it is a symbol that they are not going to drown. They are not going to sink. Hallelujah. Give them a round of applause. No matter how big the wind and the wave is, you will not sink. Let's say it together. You will not sink. Let them hear it together again. You will not sink. Give them a big round of applause. Would you stand and show them respect? Let's stand and give them a big round of applause. Hallelujah. Praise God. Each one of you. And don't think it's only you. Every Christian I know at some time in their life started walking on water, as it were, symbolically. And then they started to sink. But you know what happened? You know what happens? Some of them stay sinking. But these guys, I hope you don't mind, I'm just quoting you, Aidan. Aidan's mum died a couple of days ago. He's heartbroken. He could sink with depression. But look at him, here and now. He's walking by faith. He won't go under. Aidan, God will bless you and reward you, brother. Hallelujah. Just walk around and you can go back to your seats, guys. Let's take our seats. Praise God. I know we have a couple of pinch points, that's okay. Let people look at you. You've done something wonderful. Don't let doubt steal your future. He's a terrorist. He's got his gun aimed at you. And in 2024, he will try and shoot you dead. Rebuke doubt, accept faith, amen? amen. Here's another one, little faith. Matthew 13. Jesus did not perform many miracles in Nazareth because the people there had so little faith. If you're here today and you're having a quiet little laugh at me, do you know, that's grand, I really couldn't care less. <laughs> laugh away. But if you're cynical, I promise you this, you will never see a miracle in your life. Never. If you're really skeptical, Stay in the seat. What do you gain? Nothing. That's right, Tess. Nothing. You can sit in the high and mighty seat of saying, I'm not going to fall for that naivety. Off you go. But if you have faith, God will do miracles Hallelujah. in your life. Hallelujah. But those of you who sit in that seat, you should move to Nazareth because you'll never see a miracle. Jesus was all around the Holy Land. He was raising the dead, healing the sick, opening the eyes of the blind, healing the brokenhearted. Lepers were made clean and they were sitting on a stupid chair full of judgment and cynicism like the world we live in. More fool them. Are you a fool? No. I don't believe you are. God will not allow your future to be stolen if you have a little bit of faith, even if it's like a mustard seed, but it's genuine. Who'll say hallelujah? One last terrorist. <clears throat> this is the hardest one. Others. We sang about the walls of Jericho coming down right after that. God said, captured the city of Ai. 
Someone said, is that artificial intelligence? <laughs> no, no, it's just an ancient name. I don't know how to pronounce it, I, okay? But the Israelite army were defeated at I because of Achan's sin, and so their hearts melted with fear. There was one guy who was toxic, and he destroyed the whole community dynamic. So much so, he so disobeyed God, the whole army failed. They, it, read the story, it's actually very moving. Joshua is on his knees in the dirt, weeping. And I love it when it says, God came up and said, what are you down there for? What are you down there for? God is saying that to someone here. What are you down there for? God lifted him up. He said, brush off the dust, wash your face, get the army. Take the toxic person out of the situation and move on and capture the land that God has given you. Sometimes, brothers and sisters, if there's another person constantly destroying your faith, you really have to remove yourself in some way from the toxic person and move on. Because that person would be a terrorist in 2024 to you. So with wisdom and with some biblical caveats, if there's a toxic person in your life, move away from them. Surround yourself with people of faith and your future will not be stolen for you for the new year. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Let me say this. This is one last scripture I want to share and it's about Paul the Apostle and they're sailing in the winter through the Mediterranean and they hit a terrible storm and it's wicked. There are 276 men on board and the storm is going on for weeks. They have no food. There's almost no water. They're ready to die. We're told towards the end there was no sun for many days and the vicious storm continued. They abandoned all hope of being saved. Some of us here this morning might feel like that. And in the middle of the time when there was no sun and the storm was raging, Paul stood up among them and declared, don't be afraid, you will not die. Have courage, God will save us. Do you think God saved them? It's exactly what happened. But in the darkest portion of the night, in the worst time of the storm, they had to say, and they had to hear this word of faith, you will not die. Do you know Anne? Where's Anne? Anne done? Anne, God bless you, my love. You, I remember you telling me you were going for tests. How easy for you to lose faith and go, maybe I'm gonna die. Maybe 2024 will be the year of my death. But your test came back clear. And I didn't know you were going to share that, but I know this scripture was prophetic for the new year. Someone here is afraid they're going to die in 2024. I prophesy to you, you will not die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will not die. Have courage. God will save us. I know people die. I know Christians die. Of course they do. But sometimes, prophetically, we know God is saying, you will not die. 
So don't let the enemy steal your peace, steal your strength of mind by lying to you and tell you you're about to die when God is going to save you. And every one of those 276 men, and a lot of them weren't believers at all, most of them weren't, but they were all saved on the island of Malta. You can read about it in Acts 27. Brothers and sisters, the change of year is huge. And it's a big thing in Hebrew and Jewish law. And it's, it's a big thing in the natural um, order of things. And we have just passed the midwinter mark. And we're about to come into a time when it's still winter, I know here, but we're coming into a time of change when the days will start getting longer, the weather eventually will get warmer. It's a whole new year. It's a time that God has given us. Just like God has seven days, six days you're to work on the seventh, you are to rest, I am to rest. And so God is into this, but it is all coming from a heart that has changed. Let's have vision rather than be a victim and let's know the terrorists who are against us. This um, final quote I want to put up is called an ethnos. Ethnos comes from the word ethnic and it's basically saying there is a new ethnicity. There's a whole new tribe of people on the world. There is a whole different community. Apparently we now number 800 million heading to 1 billion at the moment across the globe. And that is people who are born again. Those who love Jesus Christ. And we are like a whole new culture, a whole new people group. And I love this ethnos. It says, changed people change people. And the people they change, change the world. Changed people change people. And the people they change, change the world. Has God started changing you? because he started changing me 43 years ago, and I'm only beginning. Hallelujah. God has so much yet to do in me. Can I submit? He has so much left to do in you. Hallelujah. Who has got last year's date from a calendar? Here's what we're going to do, brothers and sisters, as we make sure that our futures aren't stolen. What we're going to ask you to do, and it's like when we break bread, which we will do next year, that you come up one of either of these two middle aisles and you bring last year's date and you put it in one of these bins. The 9th of December has already been put in, okay. <laughs> but you don't leave it there. You take a new date for the new year. This is random. Can I suggest maybe the date you pick up by chance is the very date God wants to do something in your future. I'm going to look at a date here. What's this? Tuesday the 6th of August. Maybe that's the date you'll pick up. And maybe that's the day God is going to do a miracle in your life. I have seen it. I have seen it. Do you know what? When you take the new date, you leave the old date, you take the new date, put it in your Bible. Or if you have a magnet on the fridge, put it on the fridge. Or put it wherever you keep stuff. That's just a suggestion. But what we're going to do now, we're going to ask you in a moment to come up the center aisles, go down the side aisles, leave the old date and take a new date. But before we do that, I'm going to ask you to stand. 
guys are going to play while we're doing this. Would you hold up the date from this year that you were saying goodbye to? Maybe it was a really difficult year for you. Maybe it was a challenging year for you. But can I ask you to do something? Can we thank God for the year gone by, even if it was hard? Do you know why? Because God will work it for the good. He might have started already, or maybe you've yet to see it. Maybe you're just wiser because of it. But let's thank God for the old year, and then we'll ask you to make your way up. In the name of Jesus, as we hold this symbol of the old year, I'm going to hold this one up. Lord, we thank you for the year just gone. Who'll say amen? amen? Thank you for the learnings. Thank you for the challenges. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for the miracles. But God, as we are in your house this on the last day of the year, we symbolically take this date of the calendar and we put it, oh God, in the bin here, thanking you with blessing for us. And oh God, as we take up the new year, we pray that our new year would be even more blessed than this year. May the glory of the latter house be greater than the glory of the former house. In Jesus' name, and God's people said. So can you make your way up? You come up either of the center aisles, go down the side aisles, and then we're gonna do a final two minute prayer before we close. Mike and the band are gonna sing. Thank you, Mike. you Lord, oh your mercy never fails me, your darkness I've been held in your hand, from the moment that I wake up, till I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness.
to get one okay guys there's some, still some more here move around because in just a moment all of the musicians you have one too you only get one chance well actually I'm gonna get two chances because I could have did this tonight again a double blessing and a double portion hallelujah praise God there's still more guys just make your way over here as well praise God I'm gonna ask you to just take the date for the new year the date I have is Wednesday the 5th of June. Now maybe nothing will happen. Or maybe God will do something wonderful that day. Do you know what the Bible says? They used to even choose their leaders by what they called like throwing dice. It's like you leave it in the hands of God. So maybe the date you have, we're not into astrology, are we? No. No, but we are into God, yeah. hallelujah. Okay, we've got up some more here, guys, just to, I think we're all there. So can we all hold the date for the new year, and this is the shortest of prayers, 
before Michael closes with a song. Just hold the date for the new year up, and it's just a symbol of your year ahead. Are we ready to pray? Yes. <coughs> Heavenly Father, here's the new year. Yes. Symbolically, we ask you, come Holy Spirit. Amen. Bring healing. Amen. Whether it's for you or the people you love. Let's do it again. Bring healing. Bring deliverance. Bring provision. Bring joy. Bring hope. And bring freedom. For 2024 in Jesus' mighty name. And for the last time in the service, the people of God said. Amen.